Well, we begin Holy Week today with this Palm Sunday service. It's a really strange service, not just because we're doing things differently than we do them week in and week out, but because we're participating in ways where we're actually getting into this story. We act out so much of this service. I mean, we begin up high in a place of joy, in a place of expectancy, where we awkwardly wave our palms or dangle our palms, <laughs> reenacting Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem as the Messiah, the anointed Son of God. And we begin with a declaration of our allegiance to God. Hosanna in the highest. Praise to this Son of God. But within just a few minutes, we plunge to the absolute depths as we reenact our King's death. And as we shout, as the crowd, away with this fellow, crucify him. It is a service of ups and downs. And this day is a day of ups and downs of great highs and deep, deep, deep lows. It is disturbing. It disturbs me every single year. But it's an important service. And I think it's important because it aptly describes for us our own lives. The inconsistency of our lives particularly before God. I mean, think about it. Here we are in church this morning, and we're praising Him, maybe even putting our hands up with these palms, giving glory to God. And before the day is up, before the afternoon is over, some of us will forget Him until next week. Some will discover even on the way home that your behavior can suddenly shift 180 degrees from praise to curses. Angry that the world's not going your way, people aren't doing things the way you want. We are an inconsistent people. One moment, we want Jesus. And then, like Peter, we're afraid to be identified with him. Yes, heaven! But then, when our faith threatens to cost us something, how easily we shrink into the shadows and close our mouths and act as though we never even knew the man. I mean, for instance, if you're a student and you actually take your faith seriously so that it affects the way you live, the way you treat the people around you, your fellow students, that may actually put you at odds with the rest of the crowd with a popular group, it can be costly to follow him. And the temptation that will come is to shrink into the shadows, to hide, to say, I never really knew the man. Oh, not out loud. And of course, this isn't just unique to students. We see this in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods. I mean, if it costs you a promotion and an advancement and a higher wage, Would you still acclaim him as your Lord? Or would you take the hit for your faith? Would you be like Peter, hiding, afraid? Ah, this faith thing. 
So we hide, quietly denying him. This is the reality of so many of our lives. Up one minute, down the next. Soaring to the heights one second, and then crumbling before God and others the next. And then there are those of us who are like that thief on the cross. The thief on the cross who is so angry. Anger just spilling out of him. He's disappointed by life. And that has led to some poor decisions. That anger spews out. So often we project our disappointment with life onto God himself. And we blame God for what has occurred to us. You see it in him, even on the cross. There in Luke 23, verse 39, the text says he kept deriding Jesus. He hurled insults at him. In the South, we'd say he cussed him up and down a blue streak, right? Cussed him out. That's actually what the Greek says. It's, it's a lot earthier than he kept deriding him. He was enraged that life had not gone his way. And the rage came pouring out at Jesus, even in death. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. Prove it. And I, I got to tell you, there are people, perhaps some in this room, who hold so much anger in your hearts about life that God didn't do what you wanted, that he didn't change things when you believe he could have, that your dreams didn't work out. There are people who will go down in death, shaking a fist at God, not fearing him in any sort of way. I'll show you even in death, I will not bow my knee to you. We are inconsistent. And perhaps that is actually what is most consistent about us. It's our inconsistency. The Apostle Paul said, he said this in Romans 7. He said, I don't understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. He's describing this conflict, this battle that goes on. And in this case, in Paul's case, he actually wants to do right. Some people's cases, they could care less. So they just run off and just, it spills out naturally. But Paul, seeing in himself an inconsistency, says, wretched man that I am, I, I want to follow, and yet I don't. I want to be steady, and yet I find myself up and down and all around. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Then he answers his own question. Thanks be to God. It is Jesus Christ, my Lord. Thanks be to God. It is Jesus Christ, my Lord, who rescues me from this body of death, from this inconsistency of life. All through this Palm Sunday service, There is one person who is steady. All through the action of the passion, all throughout his life, even into his death, 
the one steady, consistent, unchanging, truthful, positive, glorious, kind, compassionate, unyielding person is Jesus. Jesus, who is God, empties himself, takes on our human nature, humbles himself, lives under the law, becomes obedient to death, even death on a cross, in order to live out the Father's will, in order to accomplish the Father's purpose. He did not come into this world to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for you and for me who are inconsistent at best and treacherous and diabolical at worst. But that's why this service is helpful. Because it allows the Holy Spirit to show us. See, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not afraid of showing you the truth of your inconsistencies. He's not shy about letting us see the reality of who we are. But he doesn't do it to condemn. That's what the enemy does. He does it in order to bring you and me, to bring us to a point at which we see things as they are and we turn. We turn back. We confess. We recognize the truth. Oh, it's not that person, it's me. And in seeing myself, in seeing yourself, is the opportunity to bow, to humble yourself, like that second thief on the cross. We justly deserve what we're getting, he says. But this man did nothing wrong. Jesus is innocent. And we are the guilty. But then he turns to the Lord and he says, remember me, please, when you come into your kingdom. And that's the point at which grace enters his heart. Because the answer is, yes. Yes. Grace. And what we need this day as we enter into Holy Week is grace. Maybe it's new to your ears. Maybe it's the the song of your life and you're back for more. The central theme of our faith is the self-sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins. He is completely steady. In his book, The Signature of Jesus, Brennan Manning told the story of an old Indian man who would meditate every morning very early by the side of the Ganges River. He would be under a tree, and one day as he's looking out at the water, he sees a scorpion that's caught in the water coming his way, and 
he gets down and he climbs out on the roots of the tree that are extending out into the water and he reaches as far as he can out to get the scorpion to try to save it from the water. And as he does so, the scorpion stings him. He pulls his hand back. But then he reaches out and tries to pull it in again. And this time it stings him really good so that his hand is bleeding and swollen. It's in pain and it's throbbing. And he tries again as he leans out on the wood to pull it back again. And another person comes by and says, you fool of an old man. What are you doing? How stupid it is of you to risk your life for a scorpion. It's an ugly, evil creature. Don't you know you could kill yourself trying to save it? The old man, back. He said, just because it is the scorpion's nature to sting does not nullify the fact that it is my nature to save. And with a third strike, that scorpion stung him and killed him. That which he tried to save killed him. And so it is with our Lord. Just because it is our unsteady, inconsistent nature to wound, to betray, to hide, to flee, to reject, that does not change God's nature to save. And this is the gospel. This is the good news for you today. In your imperfection, in your sorrow, in your brokenness. He says, come. Because I have come for you. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Let's pray. Lord, it's not those people out there who need saving, it's us. And we thank you that it is your nature to save. We thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, as, as we come back to this place of grace, at the foot of the cross, our humble King dying for us sinful people, Oh, thank God, death didn't keep you there. Thank God that your words, it is finished. It is enough. Are the bridge from our fickleness and inconsistency to your life and your power and your goodness. May the cross and the love of Jesus grow deeply in our hearts that your very nature would take root within. And you, you, Jesus, you, Holy Spirit, would make us what we cannot be on our own, steady, 
with the steadiness of God. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen.